The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. Welcome to another episode of Life from the Other Side. I am your host, Laura West. Today I have with me Steve Nowak. Steve is a near-death experiencer, or NDEer for short, and a zero-point energy practitioner. Thank you, Steve, so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to dive in and talk about the experience that you had in that NDE, and also what is meant by a zero-point energy practitioner. So without further ado, do you want to share a little bit about who Steve is? Yeah, that's a complicated question. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's loaded. I feel like I've lived three lifetimes already, but I am a healer by kind of accident, literally. I discovered that I had a gift for healing. I used to work retail management woman had an accident outside my store. I touched her. Things happened and whatnot. And it was little things along the way that kind of led me here to be a healer and start to really leave my 3D work and step into this role. But yeah, I'm a healer. But more importantly, I'm a regular person. I'm grounded. I lived a lot of my life normal. Had my NDE later in my life. Things happened again that helped me remember. And I think getting the regular education and going through regular things was very valuable to me. So I'm a regular person, just like everybody else, they can do what I do. And I think that's why I'm here to tell them my story, you know? That's wonderful. And I'm sure also very nice to hear for many of us that regular people are doing extraordinary things. And so I think that that can give a lot of people hopefully hope and inspiration that even though they may deem themselves quote unquote normal or regular, that they too are capable of extraordinary things. Absolutely. Steve, yeah, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing some of the specifics of what you just shared. Sure. Well, I can start with the NDE that I experienced when I was four. Yeah. I was riding a plastic big wheel and my brother was calling to me from across the street. We were getting ready to leave. I went down my neighbor's driveway between two parked cars and another car was coming down the street. And then that's when we collided. I went underneath the car. The woman was drinking, so she didn't know she hit me at first. I was so small. She kept going for another 20, 25 feet. People stopped her. And what I remember is like a blur of leaving the driveway. And then I remember seeing myself and I see my eyes roll in the back of my head and then everything fades to black. And when it opens again, it's like, when you're watching a movie and the screen goes to black and it opens again. When it opens again, I'm sitting up, but I'm leaning on someone, but I'm mostly in sitting up position and my head is down. And as I open my eyes, I could see 
they catch part of hair that is almost touching the ground and it's silvery, white, luminescent is the best way I could describe it, as well as kind of like a silver grayish robe or the bottom of a robe. And so to me, in my senses, I'm leaning on someone. I think it's a person. I turned to him and I asked him what happened. And it wasn't a person. It was a hooded being that had no face. They only had light where their face should be. They said my name. They told me I was in an accident, that everything was going to be all right. And as we're speaking, I remember being aware that we weren't moving our mouths. And as we're speaking, and I'm sort of trying to figure out what's happening, I'm being pulled into this being's face. And I'm leaning and leaning and leaning. And I could feel... And that's when I catch a glimpse and feel what I would think to be what we would say heaven would be. You know, I don't know. I'm only seeing it and feeling it. So I see colors and I see flowers and I see the most beautiful nature scene you can imagine. And the colors are alive. They're breathing. I see people there. I see old people. I see children. I feel the laughter and I instantly get hit with this feeling of knowing that suffering and pain cannot exist there. So I wanted to go there. And then that's when they said, it's not your time. We have something else to show you. And then the next thing I knew is I'm in this other place and it's almost like you're being surrounded by a blueprint, a graph paper. Anybody ever saw a blueprint where a building is drawn on it and you can see the blueprint behind it? It was like that. It was like I could see things. But behind it, I was seeing some sort of structure or blueprint. And this is when they told me this is the quantum field. Each human being possesses a divine blueprint, an image of God that they were made in. And this image doesn't go away. It doesn't die. It's not a 55 Chevy, okay? Yeah. This is there forever, but you have to use your free will to claim it. And you have to want it to integrate with you and identify with it the way you've identified with other things in this world. So they showed me that they brought me to a place that was a lot like a medicine wheel. I was in the middle and I was pure energy and pure love. And they were like, this is how you enter this physical matter, this physical reality, pure love. And then you spend your energy to experience things, people, places on an energetic level. And this energy does not die, doesn't go away, but it can be transformed. And they told me that these images were kind of like projected to the quantum field. And then it cycles through our energetic system to give us an emotional experience through our emotional body. They said you can command these energies stored here and memories very similar to a computer that has stored data and this is old data anybody that knows computers i'm not sure if any of your listeners do but i'm going to take a long shot there's an option to restore to defragment a hard drive of its programs and the things that it's stored data that is no longer needed and they were really talking to me in that language that our subconscious is a lot like a hard drive. Our waking consciousness is like the operating system running these programs. They walked me through a bit of that. They equated this image of God, this divine blueprint, 
the same way you were to buy a computer at a store and you needed to restore it. And that file is always on your computer to restore it to its original state. Basically purge out all this old data. They taught me, you know, I instantly knew that I was one with everything and then there was no separation and religion just got wiped off the map and everything became to me a feeling or a frequency that could match what I felt when I experienced my NDE. And I chased that for a large part of my life, like subconsciously having bad accidents, just being reckless. And I couldn't access the memories. Okay. When I was four, I came out, I knew something had happened. I could feel it, but I could not remember what happened after the second accident. And I was in for surgery, flipping a car over five times, doing 75 miles an hour. It's pretty reckless. I didn't think I was going to live past 40, honestly. So I'm in for the second surgery, and that's when the voice returns. I'm actually getting very anxious. I want to leave. I hadn't had medication yet. I don't know what came over me, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get up and go, and I had to get out of that place. And as soon as I felt that feeling, another feeling hit me. And it was peace and it was love. And it was like somebody wrapped me up in a blanket and I could feel it. And then that's when the voice returned. And it said the same thing it said to me at four. And that's really what triggered me. And then I recognized that's the same voice. Steven, everything's going to be okay. You're in an accident. I'm like, oh my God. And then that's when all this psychic stuff started. And I didn't consider myself psychic. You know, I think everybody has an energetic system and they can feel energy in fields. So I was just separated from that. So upon experiencing that, I go back to this medicine wheel thing. And all of a sudden I'm awake and I'm seeing with my eyes, my own projections out into the field in all these different places. And it was like, that was overlaying material reality. It was like, I was seeing that the energetic structure behind my reality I'd formed And I had to start changing my frequency, changing my energy, addressing these energies. A lot of supernatural experiences in between that to bring me back to love, back to God, to remind me of what that felt like in me. Because I believe we're all part of the same divine being and and we get that amnesia, you know. They also talk about the higher self, lower self. They talked about ascension, how they would return Mm -hmm. for the evolution of humanity. And they would basically integrate with a lot of willing people to do the divine work on the planet now. Okay, so when you say that, people who would be considered light workers are those the ones that you're referring to that are doing the divine work now, or to me, light work is kind of like a it's like a dollar store term because it's so generalized now and so overused. But yes, the people who are bringing through the Christed the love energy without a filter in the way, without the judgment and just giving and not counting that cost and connecting others. And I think love is contagious. You need to embody it first, heal yourself, and then give it to others. So I think the people doing that work, yeah. That's really interesting. I don't know if I've told you this before, if you knew, but when I was in my teenage years, I had a dream visitation from Jesus. And in that dream, he asked me to spread his word. Mm -hmm. And I learned more recently that what he meant was to spread the word of love. 
So that's why I do all that I do. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that's fascinating to think that there may be some entanglement with the divine. I mean, which to me makes sense, but it could explain for me why I feel like... Like I'm constantly out of my comfort zone doing this kind of thing, even though at the same time it feels really good. So, oh, that's really incredible. And then, you know, other things too, like Jesus to me became a messenger who was here to show us how to undergo ascension and purification of our lower self. That is half of the problem we're experiencing in society today is the unaddressed emotions we have which leads to, in the terms of neuroscience, neural hijacking is when your emotions, they become so much, they override your rational thought and we're seeing it. And these emotions need to be discharged because they're stored to cellular memory. They're tied to subconscious mind. This is something I think is so beautiful that we're getting these tools from the divine to tell us how to reorganize, rebirth, if you will. Yeah, It's been a wild ride to go from being a regular person who barely believed in God and was a skeptic to in 15 years, 10 years doing this. Oh, see, so that was my other question was, what was your religious status prior to all of this? So I guess skeptic or figuring things out. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't like him. You know, I figured, you know, blame everything on him, right? Like everybody else. But then I started to become more accountable and more responsible. And it wasn't until I had experienced enough pain in my life that it brought me to empathy and love. And it's very strange that it did that. I wish it would do that for everybody. But I had had enough of feeling this. And I wanted to feel love. And I disconnected pretty much from everybody and everything I could. And I I found God in me. Initially, when they returned... After that second NDE, I was a retail store manager at the time that they returned the second time. Overnight, it was like somebody placed a sun inside my center in my chest. And it was just going and going and going. And it was like I couldn't sleep. Trying to separate reality from what's not reality. A lot of those symptoms. And it just slowly consumed me to where I had to leave my job. But what happened was when I first realized, okay, something's going on here, was a woman fell outside my store on the cement and she was hurting. She was a senior right on the cement. And I put my hand on her and I was not that type of person at the time. Put my hand on her and she looked at me and she was hurting. And she goes, I'm all warm and I don't feel any pain. The EMTs came and I went back to my station. I was like, that was weird. And it was just a series of those events of why is this happening, God? What is going on? Where is this knowledge coming from? Because I would have quantum stuff in my head. And I didn't go to college. I didn't go to school. I didn't study it. My family and friends thought I was nuts. They wanted me to see a shrink. So I had to really go through being alone and solidify knowing myself between myself and my creator before I can move forward. So that was a big leap, taking that time and changed my personality overnight. I tried to find every church I could, talk to every person I could about what was happening and why and how they didn't know that there was a spiritual war going on. Because as soon as I woke up, it was like somebody flipped a switch. I knew we were at war for our emotions, for our energy and that humanity was being kept into a lower state of vibration, not necessarily consciously, 
but that we were also quantum energy generators. You know, our hearts connecting our mind. I could heal my body. Using my mind and my heart, I can heal this person. I can help this person at least move into that space of healing. Sorry, that was a lot. No, oh no, gosh, this is good. So many questions. So um, how do you make that switch of mind, heart to heal? Is it just really believing and trusting that you can or is it more than that? Well, you want to work on your belief. And that's something I tell every client that I can't give them, but I can help them figure out what it feels like. And I, I tell them when you're doing your things and you're going through your if you want to say affirmations, I call it programming because if you don't program yourself, the world's going to program you for you when you go out in it with everything going on. So you want to go out into the world pre-charged so the world can't knock you off of your foundation. So that makes sense. Yeah. when they do their stuff in the morning, say it like, you know, it's a fact and eliminate what is in between you feeling that it is not fact that's where you want to work there's a gap there same like if you were going to the bathroom mirror and you say you're beautiful instantly you know how much of you believes how much of you doesn't so you want to eliminate that gap and it's same with belief and healing and faith when i tell someone you know instinctively water is wet fire is hot you are a sovereign being you are healing you have a right to not only this much space, but to be a part of everything. You have authority over that. To believe, is it just a matter of, like you said, you're programming every mm-hmm. morning, for instance. Is it just saying the same thing until you believe it? Or <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would practice that with your feelings, yes, but I would couple it with other practices. So it's not just solely doing that. But yes, incorporating that into I am love as an energy. This is my identity and practicing with that, because the more you believe, the more you integrate, the more this becomes you, then your body's healing because it's integrating with that healing energy. So working on separating the part of me that does and does not believe that is important. And I've done the work on myself and so many people now that it's like, I know this is going to happen. And I know how to generate that feeling of knowing. Because when you're doing your healing at home, when you're doing your emotional, physical, doesn't matter what it is. If you spend your time asking or wishing for something to heal, that's not nearly as powerful as training your mind to know it is already healed, even if it hasn't yet. And spend your time doing that. I know this is healed. I know it's already done. And that is much more powerful signal to allow the type of energy into your light body for that healing. I've seen miracles. And to tell you the truth, I can't even believe I was a part of that or in that doing that. I look at it and I'm like, that can't be you. You know, I firmly believe everybody is worthy of redemption because of what I went through where I'm at now. And all people can do this and they should know that they can claim their healing they can filter out all this garbage they accumulated from the world and step out of mm. their shadow and anything yeah. that tells them who they are. That sounds wonderful. So you mentioned that we're in this spiritual war with our emotions and things. Is that why there seems to be this influx of 
spirituality and interest in spirituality and things like that. And then the anti-spirituality all of a sudden emerging. Yes, it's almost like one comes up and the other is with it because it's as above, so below. It's polarity. One can't exist without the other. Like we wouldn't exist in these bodies without a positive charge and a negative charge. But it's up to me how much I want to embody, how much I want to experience Mm -hmm. one or the other. Yeah, it's definitely has a lot to do with the evolution, people waking up and the harvesting that's going on. Okay. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. You know, (laughs) we see 3% of the visible light spectrum with our eyes. There's another 97%. There are beings interdimensional that we don't see that I didn't even believe in until I experienced it and experienced it again and again and again. And I'm like, all right, you're real. Because being a skeptic, I need those one after the other after the other. Okay, I got it. So there are interdimensional beings that are just strictly made up of this type of energy and they want to survive. They're not evil. They just want to live. So they're kind of in humanity's consciousness the same way the divine is. And they want to grow, expand, survive, thrive. They're taking up a lot of the energy that we could have, harvesting that quantum energy to do it because we're quantum energy generators. Heaven is within. That's where your heart is. That's where heaven is. And the war for the real gold in the world is the war on your emotions. And that's why you become emotionally sovereign. You don't allow any lower emotion to propagate in your nervous system. doesn't matter if it's friend, family, foe. No, you don't belong here. This is a peaceful system. But these beings just seem to, through humanity, pump out this garbage that has humanity separating itself from its true identity. It seems to be so many things I see now in programming are pulling you further away from your identity Mm -hmm. as love. Whether it's about our skin color, our gender, our race, our sex. No, I'm love. I don't need a label here. I'm love as an energy having a human experience. And that's it. So a lot of it is pulling us away from the present and gathering that gap. So are we allowed to feel anger or sadness or those emotions? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're allowed to feel them. They're allowed to teach us. But when we say they go, they go. Mm. They're visitors and they're allowed to visit us for the time that we allow them to be there. But when it's, it's time to say, hey, it's time to go, it's time to go. But you want to be able to have a high enough frequency and high enough charge in your nervous system. In other words, being able to have enough access to your consciousness and your nervous system, your mind, your heart, so that you can exit that space. Dark's here to teach you. It's not here to bind you unless you attack attach and identify with it. Sure. That's why it's important to always identify ourselves as the energy of love. I am not what I'm feeling in this moment. I am the energy that's feeling that go through my system as data and it will dissipate. It will exit my system. It's a charge. I don't have to attach to that because then it becomes bigger. Sounds like a meditative practice, right? With our thoughts and our emotions with that. Yeah, it's definitely being very aware. Like I said, I spent a lot of years to myself on purpose because I wanted to really know myself and control all the neurons and all the neural pathways and really be able to move 
freely. Sure. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier a higher self and a lower self, and then you were explaining the emotions and everything. Is that the lower self? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's like our shadow. So that's made up out of, you know, the Mm -hmm. lower scale of emotions, anger, worry, fear, stress, as opposed to the higher self that people are, you know, as they're awakening, they're starting to form this now. They're starting to form connectivity between the charges and their nervous system and their subconscious to the quantum field. And they're building this almost like building a character in a video game, using your emotions and Mm -hmm. your actions and your activities But yeah, the lower is the shadow, the higher is your divine self. One breeds separation, competition, suffering, war. The other one breeds empathy, compassion, oneness. And -hmm. it's up to us to choose and control the embodiment and how much of our emotions we're going to allow to build up and overtake us. This is exactly what's happening with humanity. They just don't have the tools to understand and process what's going on behind the scenes. If they knew they could plug in to a singularity of love and purge that system, if they wanted to, you can't force them to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, what a difference the world would be. I wanted to talk to you, uh, two things now. So before I forget, I'm taking some notes too. The hooded figure, the hooded being or entity, Mm -hmm. in terms that we can understand here, and what I mean is like, angel or spirit guide or ascended master do you think that that entity was something like that (laughs) it was definitely an uh, archangelic energy it was an archangel from what i understood and learned their energies their frequencies they exist within all of mankind because everything we see is within so they exist as frequencies within us that we can attain and embody and we see this also on the reverse by what's happening with mankind where they embody those lower entity frequencies, mm. demonic, if you call it, and it's stuff that just really makes you wonder how that's even possible. We are both angel and demon. We embody a divine or we can embody a core darkness, you know, and identify with that. Archangel was something that took me a long, long time to figure out. It wasn't something that I went looking for. It wasn't something that I just decided. It was many years of process of elimination and me denying this. And it wasn't until I started to be able to give this information to people that I started to really blossom and heal and grow because it was going to shatter my brain. I was either crazy or something was happening. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Archangel, but their frequencies, their energy. And it's almost like if you ever saw the cover of the Pink Floyd album, where the light coming through a prism, it's a lot like that. And they operate through our seven or more energy centers, but those are the main ones. And on the reverse, reverse polarity, you have demonic realms, for lack of a better word. It's more like it's us. (laughs) And those grant that lower experience. So you're looking at like experiences and energy and embodiments and things like that. Got it. Okay. Sorry, I went off on that. (laughs) Oh gosh, no, that's good stuff. Do you still communicate regularly with that archangel? You know, I connect regularly in feeling and embodiment and in doing my healing work. There's a lot of times we'll have communication and it will be funny stuff, like nonstop peanut gallery. I'm laughing. Nobody else is laughing around me. And then guidance a lot where I have a charge hit me 
and that charge will contain data and information. I believe that's called clear cognizance. And it's like I instantly know something. Okay, you got to go do this. Okay, you got to do this. It's a lot of ideas dropping in and then a lot of writing. Yeah, so a lot coming through there. You know, I don't want to, I'm not quick to label who it was because I never really gotten an answer. But to me, it doesn't even matter, man. I just love being here and doing this. And if it was one of the seven archangels and an angel, God, and I can do this, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that near death experience happened when you were four, Mm -hmm. but you didn't remember any of it until you had the surgery? Yeah, I was like, I I would try to remember what happened. I knew something had happened by thinking Um, about it. You could feel it. It's like you're trying to remember what happened and you know something (laughs) happened, but you can't. And it wasn't until that voice came in, all these visions. I went to the doctor's office the next week and I partially flipped out on the guy and I still feel bad about this. It was like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And I said, what did you do to me? And I could sense energies over in this room and I knew there was a spirit in there. And I was like, really, what did you do to me? I told him what happened and all that. And I was just yeah. different after yeah. that. He was like, oh, it was probably the drugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that guy was thinking, call the cops or something. But I was in that stage of like franticness where I sure. didn't expect yeah. this. I didn't know all this was going to happen. And when it happened, like I said, I was ready to admit myself to the hospital when I started to walk through experiences. I went to the gas station on my break and I remember this kid got out of line and he grabbed something and he turned to his father and he asked for it. And his father said, sure. And then he did it again, but he only had one. And the cashier was doing the same thing. And they said the same exact words on what the hell just happened? Like a glitch in the system. (laughs) Right. So I walk out and I get into my car. It's on the radio. I turn the car on. They're talking to a woman. She's laughing. She just won a contest. And then all of a sudden, click the phone is ringing on the radio and it's the woman and they're telling her the question and then she answers i'm like i just heard this i already know the answer goodness and i couldn't separate what i was experiencing from what was reality Mm, yeah and that was for a few weeks few months until i was able to integrate and, and really surrender basically just surrender to be remade because I had a lot to clean out. That reminds me of the Matrix. Oh, my God. Once I was done (laughs) with it, I could see everything. Once I was disconnected, and I believe, yes, we're in. To me, it feels like I was inserted into this body. I was told and trained and prepared for what to expect on getting myself reconnected to the field when I arrived here. And that's just what it feels like in my core. And it was about 2008. When everything changed, uh, they said they'd be back, and they wow. came back. Okay. Now, since then, I've had hundreds of clients all around the world. Okay. Well, that leads me to my next question: mm-hmm. Zero Point Energy Practitioner. What does that mean? A zero Point Energy is basically a new discovery of energy that they previously once thought was vacuum space, but if you could polarize it, it contains unlimited potential. It's a neutral motion energy, and it's also a maximum ground energy. That's why it's neutral motion. That's why it's a vacuum space type energy. What I can do is facilitate a charge that brings a person's nervous system into a maximum ground state. This means the other energies that are attached begin to release and that they can harness and use that zero point energy for their healing because they have a right to it. 
every person has a right to self-heal. They know how to go about it. But yeah, it's a maximum ground state in love. It feels very unattached and free. Got it. Yeah. So can people be certified in this type of healing? Do you offer classes? I have not offered any zero point yet. I, I do have a lot of people asking me, so I'm working on a program that can get them certified in learning how to transmute, bring people into a zero point mm -hmm. state. Energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. So you need to know how to transform that energy, yeah. alchemize it. But yeah, I do want to offer one in the future. For now, I teach Basui Reiki because that's okay. kind of how I started. And then all of a sudden I'm here. So I want to form a, a new program to have people really bring in that crystalline energy, that Christed energy, whatever they want to call yeah, it. Yeah. But I believe it's their divine right to have clean space and feel love again in their system in a safe way. So tell me you've had thoughts of writing a book about everything. Oh, yes. I'm definitely working okay. on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a comedian, though. I'm like, as I'm going along, I'm like, should I include this? Should I include this experience and this experience? And I think I really just need to tailor it down to something that includes chapters, <laughs> one on faith, one on this, one on that, one on I that. I say just write it all down. Write it all down and give it to an editor and let them figure it out. That's an option. Oh, yeah. Maybe they'll split it into multiple books. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> I do believe yeah. people are going to definitely get a book version of this material so that they can self-transmute and yeah. release themselves and free themselves from this matrix that tells them that they're this or they're that. No, nobody yeah. has a right to identify you for you. Nobody. Yeah. Well, this has been so fantastic. And I really want to thank you so much so far for what you've shared. To help wrap up our interview, I was wondering, Steve, do you have any parting messages for the viewer that you learned from when you were on the other side and what you took with you? Is there anything that you can give the viewer right now to sort of take with and run? I would say what was helpful for me was to know that all people I came into contact with were an aspect and a fragment of God and, and how I treated them was affecting me and I didn't realize it. Even if they were aware of that they were or not, it was an interconnected relationship with my nervous system and my energy and it factored in. And also just that God or the divine or creator, whatever you want to call it, to me was a feeling. It was a feeling I felt. And once I felt it again, I'd never forget it. And I chased it and I started to build on it. And to do that with helping others, serving others, really, when you're serving others, it's not about them. It's about you and your creator. Now you're building a charge that you are going to have the full experience of, you know, when you move away from helping this person, when you help people, don't think things after, don't worry about what it's going to take. And that doesn't mean let people take advantage of you because you have boundaries. That means when you decide to help people, just do it and go on your merry way and know that it's building that relationship between you and creation. Look for as many places as you can, whether it's childhood activities you used to do that you loved or nature or writing or art to re-enlighten your nervous system because you're looking to introduce frequencies into your system. And how you do that? You do the activities that make you feel that. Your feelings become you. You deserve to feel loved. You deserve to feel safe. But whether you believe that or not, that's something I can't give to you. That's something you have to work on. One other thing was work on connecting your mind to your heart 
until your body feels it, because this means you're now generating charge, you're generating energy from the quantum field within your system. So what I do is throughout my day, daily practices, is I will play with my mind and my heart like I'm playing with a fidget spinner. You know, I'll be walking up the grocery aisle, I'll be breathing, and I will think about a beautiful day I had in nature. Don't matter if it's 1994 or not. And I will see what my heart feels and I will just play with that. And if it doesn't feel that full expression of love, I know there's a piece of data that I need to address or part of myself that I formed throughout the day that I need to say, okay, time to go. I know maybe I shouldn't have done that. Let me come back into alignment with love, things like that. But focus on really connecting the mind to the heart because when these become disconnected, that's when dysfunction happens. The mind and the heart can heal the body through the expression and the projection of its energy. So that's why it's very important. And that's also why a lot of things in society, propaganda, things like that, want to disconnect those. You want to stay in line so you have your discernment and you're sharp and you know what to allow and what not to allow into your nervous system. Don't consume a lot of data. That's low. That's what I want to leave with mind heart, body. And how would you guide somebody who, say, for instance, maybe doesn't have a lot of good memories to draw from? What is something else that they can do? Find the feeling of love. The one time you felt feeling of love, not from a person, but in a moment. I stress, do not focus these on people, focus on moments or experiences when you felt love, when you felt peace and remember what that feels like. And then just work on it because it's going to take a couple minutes to call it up. Because you're trying to really strengthen, strengthen the pathway until you can feel it. Because as it gets stronger, you'll feel more. It's a lot like if any of your viewers have seen a radio that works without batteries. Yep, yep. And it'll work if you wind it, wind it, wind it, and charge it. So that's what you want to do. You want to charge. And until you form this part of you that's already connected to the divine. I'm already this. I don't need anything else. That's such great advice because I feel like that's something that anybody can at least attempt. And at any point, like you said, in the grocery mm-hmm. store or something like that, we don't have to sit there and take 30 minutes for quiet time when we've got things going on at the house. So no, I think that that's really, really nice advice and something yeah. that people can start to incorporate now. Oh yeah. I could be in a traffic. I'm in traffic and I'm ordering <laughs> lower data to leave my system. I will speak to myself like a computer. I command yeah. you through you know, the singularity of love through the Christ to uninstall. And I reinstall a program of divine love and I can feel the love enter me and things like that. So it's just connecting and playing and allowing yourself to feel and learning how to control and shift charges. Yeah. Well, that's a good point too. Do you think just the act of saying it out loud is powerful? Oh yeah. Very powerful. The word created the universe, right? So you want to use your word because your word is your will. And you want to use your will and assert your will to command that space to be clear. You, your viewers, me, don't only have a claim to this much space. We have a claim to every single thing in this Mm. world because we are a part of it. We're only separated by our mind and our matter. That's really great. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Well, Steve, again, thank you so much. Can you please share how people can get in touch with you or find you? Sure. They can reach me through trinityquantumhealth.com. They can email me at trinityhealingreiki at gmail.com. 
that's again Trinity Quantum health.com i know i mumble sometimes (laughs) yeah and feel free to send me an email that's like the easiest way to reach me i have different sessions and and a calendar on there and stuff i'm not one of those practitioners that denies people i just have to find the time so if you're on disability if you're having a hardship that's fine yeah i think it's important we all come together more than ever now at this moment in time and understand this is yeah, all we have each other now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for your time and for yeah. sharing your amazing life story so far. And I look forward to what's to come for you. So thank you so much. Thank you. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, love and light always. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.